Hello and welcome to Poetry Blokes, the podcast where one bloke likes poetry and the other doesn't. I'm Matthew Adamo, failed novelist, third-rate poet, and now a beleaguered poetry teacher. And I'm Rich Gochran, a moderately successful engineer and lifelong lover of things that actually matter, like football, cricket, and the ability to make stuff out of wood. I don't hate poetry, but I do think it's a loss of words, in a confusing order, to say very little. Join us in this series of podcasts as we rummage into the recesses of Rich's mind, pull forth any literary force that may be lying dormant, and see if the world's most literal man can acquire the soul of a poet. He doesn't even believe in souls, so I've got my work cut out already. This week we're looking at The Owl and the Pussycat by Edward Lear. The owl and the pussycat went to sea in a beautiful pea-green boat. They took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a five-pound note. The owl looked up to the stars above and sang to a small guitar. Oh lovely pussy, oh pussy my love, what a beautiful pussy you are. You are, you are, what a beautiful pussy you are. Pussy said to the owl, you elegant fowl, how charmingly sweet you sing. Oh let us be married. Too long we have tarried, but what shall we do for a ring? They sailed away for a year and a day to the land where the bong tree grew. (laughs) 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 Mate, Uh, you got through all the pussy stuff. You you lost it on bong tree. It's the word bong. (laughs) Okay, don't worry. I'll I'll put it together. Okay. They sailed away for a year and a day to the land where the bong tree grows. <laughs> Say <it> again. <laughs> <laughs> it's something about bong tree. Ah. <laughs> Matt, it's already half past nine. We haven't got time for this. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, let us be married. Too long we have tarried. But what shall we do for a ring? They sailed away. <laughs> You fucker. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Where, where, where did that come from? <laughs> it was building up because I knew you were getting to bog tree. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm going to put myself on mute. Yeah. <laughs> they sailed away for a year and a day, to the land where the bong tree grows. And there in a wood, a piggywig stood, with a ring at the end of his nose, his nose, his nose, with a ring at the end of his nose. Dear pig, are you willing to sell for one shilling your ring? Said the piggy, I will. So they took it away and were married next day by the turkey who lives on the hill. They dined on mince and slices of quince, which they ate with a runcible spoon. And hand in hand, on the edge of the sand, they danced by the light of the moon. The moon, the moon. They danced by the light of the moon. So, Rich, what's that all about? Now, so, well, here we are again. The old nonsense poem. I obviously was aware of this poem as a child. Most people are. It was actually... Really nice to revisit it because it's also a nursery rhyme, so it's got a musical element to it. So 
like the cadence and stuff comes quite naturally, doesn't it? Because yeah. you've heard it a bazillion times. So I quite enjoyed reading it. I won't lie to you, this is the quickest I've read something, made notes on it, and then gone to record. I've spent, I would say, seven to eight minutes on this preparation. <laughs> That's, I don't think that's something you should give away. <laughs> I'm telling you it for specific reasons because I got so much out of it in such a short amount of time. Oh, great. Well, let's dive into it. You know I'm a bit obsessed with people's names, as always. Yes. This is written by Edward Lear. Yes. Any relation to the king? Let's say yes. A little English joke for everyone out there. Let's move on. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, right. It's a fun little poem and it's a fun little ditty almost. Essentially, I'm going to compress it down for you and then we'll go through it line by line, right? Okay. General vibe of this poem is the two lovers. One is an owl and one is a pussycat. That is front and centre, they tell you that. Yep. They are about to head to sea thoroughly unprepared. I thought the opening might irritate you slightly because they don't give very much detail about the boat. Very irritated by it. And like I said, enjoyed the poem. I've got a lot of comments. Yeah. On provisions, I assume, yeah. Absolutely on provisions, Matt. Well, let's start the first line. Right, The only pussycat went to sea in a beautiful pea green boat. Lovely. I would have liked more detail on the boat, as you know. Length, type of rig. All that sort of stuff. But I understand that not everybody likes that. They've gone for the colour. That's fair enough. Then it says, they took some honey and plenty of money wrapped up in a £5 note. So the first question that came to my mind was, how long are they going for? And now I do know we find this out later on, but if you're going for a long time, if you're going on a voyage, honey and money aren't going to get you very far. You need some greens. You need some salted meat. You need some fresh, live animals. And you need a lot of fresh water. So straight off the bat, I'm worried about their ability to go on a long voyage. I think they're amateurs, basically. So you're saying that an owl and a pussycat are amateur seafarers? Yes, uh, yeah, I am, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. And, you know, like the, this owl and pussycat can talk, right? And later on we can find out they can sing and also play a guitar. So, you know, if you're going to give them human attributes... You can't just give them the good stuff. They've got to have the bad stuff as well. And of that bad stuff, if you're just taking honey on this voyage, you're going to end up getting scurvy, aren't you? Oh, yeah. Need some citrus fruits. Exactly. I don't know if scurvy affects owls or cats. But like I said, if you're giving these animals human attributes, then they have to have the, the negative ones as well as the positive ones, like dying of scurvy. <laughs> that would take this children's rhyme in a whole new direction. Well, I mean, it'd be like a grim tale, wouldn't it? Like the Brothers Grimm. They, <laughs> they always had very hard-hitting lessons. Day 47. <laughs> Scurvy has struck. I laughed at the owl looked up to the stars above and sang to a small guitar. <laughs> Just because <laughs> the, my mental image was that he's there with the cat and then he looks at the stars and then suddenly just swings round to the left and starts singing at a guitar. But obviously that's not what's happening. He's singing to the pussycat with the guitar. It's funny it's a small guitar though. They wanted to make it clear that it wasn't as comically small or not. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't want the poem to be ridiculous, Rich. So they have to, uh, <laughs> they have to scale it appropriately. 
The other thing that jumps out in the first stanza, the thing that they make very clear, is that there's some interspecies loving going on. Oh, yeah. Our definitely wants to hook up. Yeah, they both seem into it. They're both quite keen. I don't know, generally, interspecies relationships are difficult. There's some minor successes. The liger. The liger, I was going to say. Um, the ass. The ass, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Liger and ass. Can't think of any others. Uh, me neither. I'm sure there are some. I don't know how successful it's going to be in terms of sort of longevity. I worry that they're rushing into this. Well, spoiler alert, they get married. Oh, it's not a spoiler. You've already read the poem. <laughs> not a spoiler alert. Yeah, I'm questioning whether the right move for them is to run away to sea. But maybe they're being persecuted, who knows, for their interspecies love. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Not much backstory, is there, really? You don't, we don't know a lot about them. We don't know how they ended up in this boat. Like you say, whether they're persecuted or driven to sea. All we really know is that there's an owl and a pussycat. They're in love. They're on a boat. And one of them is quite talented with the guitar. So what do you think of the owl's romantic song? Oh, lovely pussy. Oh, pussy, my love. What a beautiful pussy you are. You are. You are. What a beautiful pussy you are. It's a good thing that Donald Trump isn't there. He'd be grabbing away, wouldn't he? Oh, that's satire. satire. That is. If know. anybody's listening, that is satire. <laughs> it's satire. Six or seven years after the event. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fingers on the pulse right here at Poetry Blokes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's satire in that he's still the President of the United States, isn't he? Yeah, we are, we are absolutely neutral in that. We respect the democratic process of the United States. That is the, <laughs> that is the Poetry Blokes line. Our, our process, though, we can slag off all we like. We can slag off our government. Oh, come on. Oh, that's good. Yeah, totally. If you want to, yeah. Mm, Go for it. I can't think of anything to slag them off about at the moment. I'm running a pretty tight ship. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Absolutely great. The government ship is about as tight as the pussy cat and the owls. <laughs> Lowest common denominator right there. <laughs> <laughs> Bong. <laughs> that's something I wanted to mention to you. I like that the stanzas, are, the stanzas are numbered, so you can never forget where you are. <laughs> yeah, you don't get lost Which in one this am I reading? Is it the first one, the second one, or the third one? Mm. <laughs> so yeah, that's basically, those are my thoughts on the first stanza. Yeah, the first answer is from the owl's perspective. Or it's the owl speaking. Yeah. Second answer is the cat speaking. Pussy said to the owl, you elegant fowl, how charmingly sweet you sing. So confirmation of how, how good a singing is. Oh, let us be married too long, we have tarried. Now, Matt, is that in there just for the rhyme? Well, no, I mean, it is a word. It is, and it was a popular word, more popular word back in the day. Uh, it just means to um, to wait or be delayed. Mm. Tarry. I feel like they could have said dillied or dallied. Dallied, probably. Too long we have dillied. I dillied, <laughs> I dallied. Old war song, isn't it? I don't know, is it? Give us some more. Is that what you oh, got? I'm trying to remember the lyrics. Hang on. Did you sing this to Steph when you got down on one knee? It's something about a woman following a bin lorry, I think. It's an incredible song to piece together. I need to look it up now. Otherwise, I'm going to look a fool. People will be like, come on, mate, it's that song. Literally nobody will say that. My old man said, follow the van. It's a Cockney classic, <laughs> Matt. That's a Cockney classic. It's a Cockney classic. Do you want me to play you a bit? Please do. Can you hear that? Do you have a premier product or sensational service that Poetry Bloke listeners would love? 
Advertise with us to reach an audience who love to laugh, are obviously very cool and sophisticated, and have immaculate taste. I mean, they're here listening to this gold, aren't they? Go to poetryblokes.com forward slash advertising to advertise with us today. We've really got off the rails now, actually. It's Sorry. a bong tree. It's no, no, we haven't, we haven't got... <laughs> yeah, we, we started off on a silly note. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So, Ola's been married too long. We've tarried. You tell me it is a word. I would prefer it to say dallied. Who am I to criticise? I'll tell you who I am. I'm 50% of poetry blokes. They sailed away for a year and a day. So, I've now found out how long they're travelling for. Only with honey and money. These two are idiots. Without a shadow of a doubt. They're going to get out to sea as soon as they lose sight of land. They haven't spoken about any navigational equipment they've got. And they've looked up at the stars, so it's a clear night. They haven't said they're using a sextant or not. Or if they can just naturally navigate. Maybe owls are quite good at navigating, actually. Maybe they have some intrinsic knowledge of where the land is that grows the bong tree, and they would like to just go there. Yeah. Is there anywhere on Earth that it takes a year to sail to? I suppose it depends if you've got a fair wind or not, isn't it? Oh, yeah, if you're just going zigzags around the Atlantic Ocean just with a crack because you're an owl and a cat in a boat with some honey. I'd say modern equipment. Powered vessels, I'd say no, probably not. But in, back in the day, you know, all sorts of dangers could befall a sailing ship. You get caught in an unfavourable wash. Mm. <laughs> or get snag yourself on an outshutting shoal. I did think it was interesting that the cat says to the owl, well, what should we do for the ring? Cut scene. They're sailing away for a year and a day. He doesn't answer her. Just turns around and starts sailing for 366 days. The cat must be thinking... Am I getting an answer to that question? Has he got a ring? It's good to know that after a year together on a boat where the owl didn't answer the question to begin with, that they still wanted to get married after, the, after that year. Well, and they land in the land of the bong tree. She hasn't got much choice, has she? She's been she's stuck in a boat with him. She could have landed and been like, pig, please save me from this avian prick. <laughs> <laughs> he can leave at any they... time. That's the thing about this story. It's basically a story of how an owl entraps a cat on a boat <laughs> on a on a vessel yeah it's a i'd say it's an abusive relationship actually the more i think about it do you think other vessels went by that other sailors looked over and they're like what's that and they're like oh it's a pea green boat what's inside it it's just an owl and a cat move along nothing to see here yeah that's all, nothing nothing worth My, nothing in that to get excited about they just got one big large pot of honey and some money on on the deck just leave it just leave it i think that's a trap don't go anywhere near that <laughs> don't go near that yeah it's a very trusting cat, anyway. And they go to the land where the bong tree grows. That's the only description that they have. That sort of indicates to me that the bong tree is important. It has some significance to them, or one of them. Maybe one of them's a bong tree merchant. <laughs> the owl. It's part of some sort of bong tree entrapment. Bong tree racket. That he's Absolutely. Part. Do you reckon the pig's in on it? Yeah, well, they seem to just run into the pig. But yeah, you're right. That could be a. Is it like one of those tour things abroad where they go, you know, you get on a coach and they drive into the middle of nowhere in a foreign country and they go, what we're going to do is on the way back, we're going to stop at a cafe. And in that cafe, you might want to get a coffee and maybe several cakes and merchandise. And you think, hang on, I wonder if the tour guy's getting kickbacks from oh, yeah. the restaurant owner. We went to Vietnam recently. You couldn't drive anywhere without stopping off at some sort of ornament shop. I've got so many bloody ornaments now. <laughs> And I'm not really an ornament kind of a guy. Did they not let you leave without purchasing several ornaments? Oh, no, there's no forcing. It was of my own volition. 
but it did seem to speed the process up. If you bought something, you then were allowed back in the car. It was like a tax in a yeah, way. Yeah, it was like implicit. And, you know, for the sake of a few quid, it seemed the easiest way. For a man, as we've discussed previously, who likes an easy life. Yeah. <laughs> Anywho. So, yeah, there's a pig in a wood. And he's got a ring in his nose. And so, I mean, that's really fallen into the, uh, to the owl's lap, that has. Yeah. This repetition that occurs at the end, that's to make it song-like, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Right, okay. It's lucky that they use the shilling where the pig is. They've travelled for a year and they've managed to land somewhere that's also using the same country, which is very fortunate. Yeah. And also, I mean, I don't really, I can't work in old money, but shilling, considering they've got a £5 note, they've got plenty of money wrapped up in a £5 note. You know, £5 note at a time when you've got shillings knocking about, that's a serious bit of cash, that is. Yeah. The bong tree business is doing well. I feel like a ring for a shilling is a good deal. Yeah, I do as well. Well, it depends on which side of the deal you're on, isn't it? That pig's an idiot. Well, unless he's got like 20 nose rings knocking around back oh, in his true, yeah. sty. And he's like, well, you know, shilling for that. No worries. What's he going to do with the shilling then? What's he going to buy? Well, I assume, you know, the local currency is the shilling. So if I were him, I'd be investing in some sort of, at that time, probably bong tree laving equipment or similar. Or just doing up the sty. Yeah, maybe his, maybe his wife's pregnant. He's got to do the roof. Got to put a path in, do the roof. Yeah. Any, any number of jobs. Let's not get into that, though. Happy to, do, like... Happy to do them. <laughs> uh, blink twice if you're scared. <laughs> I'm about to be a father for the first time. I'm very scared, Matt. Yeah, man. You're in the red zone now. Any minute now, isn't it? Yeah, we're on the precipice. Ooh. They took the ring away. They're married the next day. By the turkey who lives on the hill. So again, more luck. There's an ordained turkey. <laughs> yes. A man of the cloth. The rarest of beasts. Interesting you choose a turkey. It's not my go-to animal for religious... What's the most religious of the barnyard animals? Mm. To you. Barnyard. They are sort of barnyard, aren't they? Pig? Or owl? Well, they live in barns. You have barn owls. Yeah, I'd say farmyard. But... Most religious of the farmyard animals... The cockerel? Yeah, I think cockerel, but then I think I've just been brainwashed by Disney because wasn't the... In one of the Disney films, there was a rooster that told the story. I don't think he was ordained into the service, but he talked about the wedding. And for some reason, therefore, the rooster is now In your mind, the most he's... religious and pious of the farming animals to me. Fair enough. I mean, quite close to Turkey, maybe where the bong tree lives. So, I mean, it's some form of poultry. So maybe that's as good as it gets. Is there a point there? Is there a point to any of this, Matt? <laughs> it's one of the most rambling, nonsensical conversations we've ever had. But you started it because you gave us a... Because I laughed at Bong Tree. Is that well, you, you, laughed, yeah, you laughed at Bong Tree. And then, well, but first it started because you gave us a ki- an, another kid's poem to, to read. Yeah, no, we'll do a grown-up one. It's just made us silly. We've regressed <laughs> yeah. to our childhood forms. So the turkey is the most pious humble and holiest of the farmer's animals. Yes. And he, we assume, it, just because of the time period in which this is written, has been chosen to bless this union. So they get married. Which is lovely. And they have quite a feast. Yeah, well, they dined on mince. I'm presuming it's not minced turkey or pork. Cause <laughs> yeah. Do you, mind selling your, do you mind selling your ring for a shilling? No problem. 
<laughs> Here you go. Thanks for the shilling. Uh, okay, give me back the shilling. Also, we're going to slaughter you and eat you for our wedding dinner. Yeah. Or thanks, Mr. Turkey, for marrying us. Get into this mincer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight through. Either that or it's a cow. Yeah, which suspiciously we haven't heard mention of, so it might very well be a cow. Yeah, but weird, isn't it? Cows are given short shrift in this farmyard animal utopia where they all have access to guitars and boats and whatnot. No bovine voice in no. this poem. Mints and quince. Beautiful. Fill your boots. I wish they ate with a runcible spoon. What's a runcible spoon, Matt? I feel like a runcible spoon is a spoon with two ends. Spoon at two ends? Spoon at both ends? A two-ended spoon. That's what I want to say. <laughs> Uh, the precursor to the spork. Oh, I was close, but wrong. A runcible spoon is a fork that is curved like a spoon with three broad prongs, one of which has a sharpened outer edge for cutting. So it's all of the cutlery in one. It's a spork. Yeah, I, I guess it's it is spork. It with a spork. There you go. You could have knocked a word out of that. Runcible isn't a real word. It's a nonsense word that uh, Leah made up for this oh, poem. Jesus. The word exists. It's spork. Runcible spoon. <laughs> Unbelievable. And hand in hand on the edge of the sand, they danced in the light of the moon. No, they didn't. Between those two animals, there are two wings and six feet. There are zero hands. I thought you were going to say something like the light of the moon. You'd be like, wrong. The moon doesn't admit light. It's actually the sun. I mean, that you've stated a, a truth. But no. I mean, okay. it's, it's common enough in language to be acceptable. But the idea that an owl and a cat could in any way hold hands is ridiculous. Yeah, that's the problem with this poem, isn't it? That particular line. No, the main problem with this poem, Matt, is the lack of respect for the sea. <laughs> that's true, actually. A lot of people run into a lot of trouble for lack of respect for the sea. Also for mountains, I would say. Mountains and the sea. People, yeah, people are ridiculous. And that's basically what this story is. This is a story where almost certainly these two would have perished at sea. There's no doubt about it in my mind. So this has to be a nonsense poem for kids because the truth of the matter is if you told the story honestly, I'm going to ruin my summary if I say this. Don't do it. We need, we need that summary. All right. Basically, I think they would have died. We'd, we'd have one <laughs> stanza. Today, listener, I'm drinking Freedam, a non-alcoholic lager beer or... In Spanish, cerveza sin alcohol, 0.0%. This beer is quite nice. It's a little bit sweeter than I would usually prefer, but it makes a nice change. And for an alcohol-free beer, it has quite a nice flavour. So that's Freedam. Lovely stuff. I suppose the only thing left to say for me about this poem is it ends with them dancing in the moonlight. There's no real closure. Like, it's a bit like a Hollywood film. It's like, and in the end, they get married, curtain drops. That's it. We don't get to know where they go on from this. You know, do they live happily after after in, in the land of the bong tree? Or do they sail back again? Or There's a lack of closure, which I find personally Distressing. I was going to say disturbing, but distressing is always good. Okay, do you want to hear a little bit about Edward Lear? Go on then. So, Edward Lear 
was a poet and a painter, born on the 12th of May, 1812, and he began his career as an artist at 15 years old. His father, who was a stockbroker of Danish origins, mm. was, sent, was sent to debtor's prison when Leah was 13, and the young Leah was forced to earn a living. Leah quickly gained recognition for his work, and in 1832 was hired by the London Zoological Society to execute illustrations of birds. How often is somebody forced to work because their dad's gone into prison and they end up being an artist? That must be the first and last time in history. <laughs> I'll just go down to the artist's factory to earn some, uh, to earn a bit of coin. Yeah. Keep yourself down the mine. Oh, no, actually, I'm not going to do that. I'm off this? down the Zoological Society. Sketch this ferret. <laughs> in the same year, the Earl of Derby invited Lear to reside at his estate. Hmm. Lear ended up staying on until 1836. Good gig if you can get it. Absolutely. Lear's first book of poems, A Book of Nonsense, uh, in 1846, was composed for the grandchildren of the Derby household. Around 1836, Lear decided to devote himself exclusively to landscape painting, although he did continue to compose light verse. Between 1837 and 1847, he travelled extensively throughout Europe and Asia. After his return to England, his travel journals were published in several volumes as the illustrated travels of a landscape painter. Popular and respected in his day, Lear's travel books have largely been ignored in the 20th century. Rather, he is remembered for his humorous poems, such as The Owl and the Pussycat, and as the creator of the form and metre of the modern limerick. Like his younger peer, Lewis Carroll, Lear wrote many deeply fantastical poems about imaginary creatures, such as The Dong with the Luminous Nose. His books of humorous verse also include Nonsense Songs from 1871 and Laughable Lyrics from 1877. He died on January 29th, 1888, at the age of 76. There's not much to add there in terms of context of the poem. It's literally like he's most famous for writing a nonsense poem called The Owl and the Pussycat, and we yeah. just read it. I think we've now we've ticked him off. Let's, let's keep him off the list. How would you rate Lewis Carroll versus Edward Lear? So the Jabberwocky versus Owl and the Pussycat. I really hated the Jabberwocky, like from start to finish. Just I hated it. This is at least has some familiarity and so has some nostalgia. So purely through repetition, this is preferable. But really, nonsense poems aren't for me even less than normal poems. Yeah, I think we definitely nailed that. We definitely determined that nonsense poems are not your, your favourite genre of poem. No, they're just not very good. Rich, do you want to give us your engineer's overview of The Owl and the Pussycat? Yeah, I'd love to. It differs slightly to normal. It's, it's more a reimagining. Oh, hello, a bit of creativity. It's coming out of you now, a bit of uh, linguistic creativity. The Owl and the Pussycat by Eddie Lear An owl and a cat set off to sea. They died because they lacked the necessary respect and were not fully prepared. People later said they got married because the poem's for kids. The end. A haunting retelling of that poem there. Well, thanks, Rich. We'll end the episode there. And just to say, join us next week when we look at some non-nonsense poetry as we take a look at digging 
by Seamus Heaney. So my old man said, follow the van and don't dilly-dally on the way. Off went the cart with the home packed in it. I walked behind with me old cocklin it. And I dilly-dallied, I dilly-dallied, I dilly-dallied, I, dilly-dallied. I lost the van and don't know where to roam. Is that everything you'd hoped it be? Do you have a well-known poem you'd like us to discuss? Or maybe you've written your own engineer's overview you'd like to share. And if you have an embarrassing poetry-related story, well, then you definitely have to get in touch. Go to poetryblokes.com forward slash submissions now to let us know all about it, and you could play a part in the next show. Poetry Blokes is created and hosted by Matthew Adamo and Richard Gochran. Our theme music is Press Start by The Laszlo Project. Buy their music by going to bandcamp.com and searching The Laszlo Project. Our producer is Dominic Gore.